this is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Don Wick and Tyler Donaldson. Federal court vacated the registration of over-the-top dicamba products earlier this month. The Environmental Protection Agency now has issued a new order dealing with dicamba. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick has more. Randy, in light of the court's order, the EPA is allowing the limited sale and distribution of existing stocks of the dicamba products. North Dakota Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring said this decision provides certainty to the farmer. The product that has went out the door, uh, meaning the three over-the-top dicamba products, Extendamax, Ingenia, and Tavium, that have went out the door of the manufacturer to distributors, retailers, uh, wherever they're warehousing it, it is available for use this year in the growing season. When the court vacated the registration of Extendamax, Ingenia, and Tavium, farmers who had purchased dicamba-tolerant soybeans and planned to use this technology would have been out of luck. Goring said this existing stocks decision allows the growers to now use these products. I would recommend, though, and and there's a good chance that most everything's been distributed a while back, so it should be in the hands of your retailer, but I would contact them and and short up just in case, because I believe the place that you're going to see some pressure on this is going to be in the south, uh, primarily because 85% of the cotton acres in the United States are a dicamba or, you know, over-the-top type of variety or technology out there. So those guys are definitely going to be scrambling to make sure that they have theirs to treat their cotton with this year. So I just don't want anybody in the northern plains to get caught unaware. Bayer, BASF, and Syngenta could have appealed the court decision, but a ruling likely would not have occurred before spring planting. Goring said those companies can now appeal the decision for 2025 or go through a re-registration process. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Don Wick. USDA holding its 100th annual Agricultural Outlook Forum today and tomorrow. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack will deliver the keynote address this morning. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer will also present his economic outlook. That forum features 120 speakers, 30 different sessions addressing everything from commodity price projections to climate change. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick is in Arlington, Virginia, and will provide exclusive coverage from the Ag Outlook Forum. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack spent time on Capitol Hill yesterday uh, testifying before the House Ag Committee pushing for a new farm bill. Every farmer and everyone who lives in rural America depends in large part on the farm bill programs. It's a rural development bill, it's a conservation bill, it's a nutrition bill, it's a research bill, uh, it's a trade bill. It is a broad opportunity to say to rural America and American agriculture that we care Uh, that we're investing in their future and we're providing stability. The failure to have a farm bill creates uncertainty, and that uncertainty makes it very difficult for producers to make decisions about their operations. Vilsack also touted the administration's Climate Smart programs. Climate Smart Agriculture Commodity Initiative 
uh, helping smaller size producers get a value-added proposition. Having farmers qualify for ecosystem service markets and when they do the right conservation and there's a conservation benefit and a greenhouse gas reduction or carbon being sequestered, they're getting paid for it. Uh, the use of the Renewable Energy for America program to reduce the cost of electricity and maybe even producing excess electricity which could be combined with their neighbors to provide a transition for the rural electric cooperative creating a new energy commodity. Ahead of the Ag Outlook Forum, World Ag Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski looked at the potential pork product prices. In terms of hogs and pork, we reduced our production forecast for pork by 90 million pounds, just reflecting a little bit slower slaughter pace than we had been seeing. So we incorporated that into our forecast. So pork supplies in general tightening up this month relative to January, but relatively strong demand for pork, good carcass cutout values. And that is also translating into some strength in the hog price. So we raised our hog price forecast $2 per hundred weight, currently at $59.75 per hundred. That would be up about $1.16 year over year. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. USDA just releasing the uh, uh, some of the production numbers here at the Ag Outlook Forum this morning. The wheat number at 47 million acres, corn at 91 million, soybeans at 87 and a half million acres. Stuck with a 181 yield for the corn number, which is about the same as last year. So they did not increase that, which. Uh, those numbers just coming out as we speak here this morning. Grain markets continue to trade lower ahead of the Ag Outlook Forum. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp thinks positioning for the Outlook Forum, though, was just a minor factor. There is some negativity about what we could see ahead as we transition our focus into the spring market and this next row crop season that's coming up. And this new set of numbers will be... Uh, forward focused and providing you know our next look at what could be uh, acres for the season ahead a slight shift expected for uh, corn to give way to some extra soybeans but still more corn than soybeans here in 2024 camp says the yield estimates will likely get the most attention yield estimates may be what could be a bearish worry here that we could have trend line corn yield of 182 or higher and soybeans 53 or 54 bushels per acre that could add some further cushion to the balance sheet we know the usda in these recent reports has been uh, all you know conservative in, in saying we've got enough stocks here and and being stubbornly high and slow to move on on uh, cutting the brazilian crops as well so it's a fundamental preview of still more negativity ahead potentially a measure passed this week by the south dakota state legislature would uh, prohibit governments or nationals from six bad actor countries from owning agricultural land in south dakota red river farm network farm broadcaster tyler donaldson has more the bill passed 61 to 6 and bans governments or nationals from iran russia north korea cuba Venezuela and China from owning agricultural lands in South Dakota. Secretary of the South Dakota Department of Agriculture and Natural Resources Hunter Roberts says the bill is a result of many long discussions. The department in concert with the legislature worked on addressing currently since 1979 we've had a rule on the books that says if you're a foreign entity, foreign country uh, or foreign citizen you should not be able to buy more than 160 acres of South Dakota agriculture land. The way it was written has a few 
minor flaws that a clever lawyers can draft around. So there really isn't a limit right now, and we're concerned about that. Roberts clarified that those from friendly countries can still own ag land in South Dakota. For normal companies, Canadians, Mexicans, uh, Europeans, it's 160 acres tops is what the current law is, and that's what we're trying to keep in place. But for, I would say, some of the scarier countries that are have been more hostile to South Dakota and just the U.S. in general, China, Cuba, Iran, Russia, Venezuela, North Korea, the bill would take it to change that they cannot buy any acres, agriculture, land in South Dakota, whether that be corporate entity or foreign citizen from those countries. South Dakota is not the only state with growing concerns about foreign ownership of land. Lots of other states are kind of looking at this because it's becoming a bigger problem. Looking at percentage-wise, foreign ownership of land or foreign control of land has gone up substantially over the last 20 years, and we think it's a good idea to get ahead of it instead of waiting around getting behind it. The bill now goes to the South Dakota Senate for review and voting. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. U.S. Grains Council annual winter meeting being held in Guatemala this year. U.S. Grains Council Chairman Brent Boydson says one of the developing markets is West Africa. So Senegal is in West Africa. It's actually the furthest west country in West Africa. But the nice thing about it, it's a very stable country, uh, very long-term stability. Uh, it's economically stable. It's politically stable in a kind of unstable part of the, the world. But as it is increasing in, in, a, in its economic prowess, it's also developing into a very good market. And when you look at that West African market, so uh, when, you, when you hear West Africa, it's Senegal, it's Ghana, uh, Sierra Leone, Benin, uh, Nigeria. That is a population that is growing rapidly. It is accumulating wealth rapidly. And they do want to tradition into those higher value meat protein products that are being grown with U.S. corn and sorghum. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Extension Sugar Beet Specialist Tom Peters uh, spoke at the Sugar Beet Grower Seminar in Grand Forks recently, highlighted the importance of soil type when determining herbicide rates. Our strategy to control water hemp is the use of soil residual herbicides and soil types and organic matter are important components of that. And the reason is, 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 is soils with more organic matter require a different rate, or soils that are more medium and fine textured require a different rate of our soil residual herbicides than low organic matter or coarse textured soils. Knowing that information is key to prevent sugar beet injury. Having too much herbicide in a low organic matter or coarse textured soil could mean potentially having injury, but likewise not having the right rate in a high organic matter or fine textured soil might mean um, water hemp break. So both ends, you might say, are pretty important for us. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. We are lower in the wheat complex, two to four, two to three lower in the Minneapolis wheat. We're five lower Chicago. Kansas City's down seven. Corn now we're trading mixed. We are unchanged to a quarter of a penny higher. Soybeans also trading mixed, unchanged to a half a penny lower. 
On the farm calendar, again, the 100th annual USDA Ag Outlook Forum underway in Arlington, Virginia. Be listening for reports from Don Wick uh, on that. He is out in Arlington. Also, the uh, that runs uh, Outlook Forum runs today and tomorrow. Uh, Irrigators Association of Minnesota's convention in Freeport, Minnesota, that gets underway at 8:30 this morning. Northland Potato Growers Association annual meeting and chairman's award banquet Tuesday, next Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. at the Alaris Center in Grand Forks. Also, a nutrient management conference from the uh, Minnesota Department of Agriculture. That is next Tuesday, 8 a.m. That will be held at the Mayo Clinic Health System Event Center in Mankato. The uh, North Dakota Farmers Union's Evolution Ag Summit is next Tuesday as well. That'll be in, uh, I believe it's in Jamestown. Let me see if I can find that here real quickly. Uh, at the, yeah, at the uh, Farmers Union State Office in Jamestown, uh, there is a $30 attendance fee on that one. Also, the uh, International Crop Expo begins. Uh, it's a week from next week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, the 21st and 22nd. Again, the International Crop Expo with a large uh, trade show and uh, seminars as well. Thanks for joining me this morning. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.